Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Hello, everybody. This is Terry from Texas. Well, I'm recording this on the morning after Mother's Day. So a belated Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. I had two mothers. Uh, lost both of them since. But they were... The one I didn't, my birth mother died when I was very young and I didn't know her, but my stepmom was an, was an angelic person who had her own faults, but still, I loved her, still miss her, but anyway, and while it's not Father's Day, and I'm not a father anyway, um, there have been times when I've been called a mother of some kind, so maybe it's a happy Mother's Day for me too, anyway. Whenever you have anything go missing, you tend to get a large groundswell of interest. Think about the plane that went missing over the, the uh, Indian Ocean. Uh, was it Flight 370? Um, think about different planes like that. They, they just disappear. Ships, they disappear. The Bermuda Triangle is not popular because ships come in and out of it all the time. It's popular because ships and planes and people disappear while within its confines. Now we know that there are probably very good reasons for that to happen. But anyway, when you lose something as big as an entire island, then you're going to get governments involved for better or worse. In this week's episode, we're going to look at, among other things, disappearing islands. Perhaps one of the most famous disappearing islands is merely a work of fiction. Published in 1875, Jules Verne produced The Mysterious Island. The story revolves around a group of escaped Union prisoners from the engulfing hell of the Siege of Richmond near the end of the Civil War. The men liberate a balloon and make good their escape. And as far-fetched as it sounds, fate intervenes and the balloon travels much farther away than anyone could imagine. It comes to rest on an island in the South Pacific. The men find a curious situation on the island. They have an unseen but very welcomed benefactor providing them with physical security and protection and supplies with which to live and thrive. Guns, tools, food. There's even a place for them to live. It's called, I think it's called the, the Granite House. Anyway, this benefactor is eventually revealed to be the infamous Captain Nemo the antagonist of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and the captain 
of the miraculous ship, the Nautilus. Nearing his death, because he is very old, Nemo explains all to the men about the island, the Nautilus, his life, and bestows upon them a box of precious jewels. Uh, that's the kind of benefactor I'd like to have. Then the old captain dies of old age, and the Nautilus becomes his tomb. The island begins to break apart from volcanic activity, but the men are rescued by an American ship, guided by messages from the late Captain Nemo. As the men sail away home, the island destroys itself and sinks below the waters. Now, Nemo's island isn't the only one that's destroyed itself. And for real, there was a fantastic cataclysm which happened in August of 1883, in which the island of Krakatoa was blown apart to such an extent that only one-third of the island itself and much of the nearby sister island, Rakata, were destroyed. The eruption of Krakatoa was heard within about a 3,000-mile range, being audible in Alice Springs, Australia, and on the island of Rodriguez near Mauritius. The word is boom, among other things, but the volcanic explosivity index of the explosion was the number six, which indicates one woolly booger of a boom, or as Lilu Dallas would say, Bada big boom. I'm sorry, Lilu, I didn't catch that. Can you say that again? Bada big boom. The eruption was the equivalent of 200 megatons of TNT. Nuclearly speaking, it was 13,000 times the yield of the little boy nuclear bomb dropped on the Japanese city of Hiroshima in 1945. Since 1927, though, a small island has reappeared on site with periodic eruptions occurring ever since. At its peak, the new island rose to a height of about 1,300 feet and had a radius of 1.2 miles. But in 2018, a collapse of the island reduced the height to just over 360 feet. But a big boom indeed. Looking across the ocean to the Mediterranean, actually into the Aegean Sea, the island of Santorini, located in the Aegean Sea, thought by many to be, at least, the inspiration for the story of the fabulous island nation of antiquity, Atlantis, which according to a narrative written by Plato in his Timnaeus and Cretius, and in a single day and night of misfortune, the island of Atlantis disappeared in the depths of the sea. What happened to Santorini, you ask? Well, let me tell you. By the big boom. It's okay, Lilu. We get it. We get it. Thank you very much. Now, calm down. Well, about 3,600 years ago, when the place was called Thera, there was a big explosion caused by volcanic activity which left only a part of the island. And it looks really weird because it looks like a partial moon, just a, a little bit of a sliver of a moon. 
The blast apparently ended the ancient Minoan civilization based on the island of Crete, some 68 miles away. Rumor is that the blast caused a tsunami that slammed into Crete and laid waste to the civilization there. Thus, Manoa no Mo. But back to our subject. El Presidente, we've lost an island. Or have we? In ancient maps, there's a record of its existence near the Yucatan Peninsula. In the vicinity of the Yucatan, an island recorded on old maps was lost in the Gulf of Mexico, and it was found that there are no traces of its existence at the marked point. There's no ruins, there's no rocks on the ocean floor, dang, nothing. This is Isla Bermeja, a territory that only exists on maps of ancient Mexico and is even marked in digital applications such as Google Maps and Google Earth. Also named as Islota Bermejo, it's a place that should be found 100 kilometers northwest of the Yucatan Peninsula, but it was declared non-existent by researchers from the National Autonomous University of Mexico, or UNAM, UNAM after an expedition in which the island was not found. <laughs> they lost an entire island. Bermeja is a phantom islet lying off the north coast of the Yucatan Peninsula, according to several maps of the Gulf of Mexico from the 16th to the 20th centuries. Despite being located somewhat precisely in relation to neighboring islands by notable Spanish cartographers of the 16th century, the island was not found in a 1997 survey, nor in an extensive 2009 study conducted by UNAM on behalf of the Mexican Chamber of Deputies. In 2009, seven university entities carried out an expedition aboard the ship Justo Sierra to search the territory at the coordinates indicated on the maps. In addition, historical and cartographic analysis was carried out and after several days of work, it was concluded that there is no evidence to suggest the real existence of Isla Bermeja. Bathymetry, study of the sea depths with ultrasound, allowed to establish that the island does not exist that, and that neither marine vestiges or inferences of its possible location were found in these coordinates, published UNAM at the time. Ain't that some stuff? There's no island, nor is there any evidence, read debris, of any island ever having been there. They lost an entire island. The disappearance of the island has generated various theories among which the possible disappearance of the piece of land was due to a tsunami or the destruction of the place by the big bad United States in order to have more nautical miles in its territory and thus be able to exploit the natural deposits underneath the water. Sure, the big bad USA sunk an island just for some oil. Wait a minute, we may not be far past that. 
Interest in the island arose in late 2008, fueled, pardon the expression, by the fact that if such an island existed, it would be important for determining the boundaries for exploitation rights of oil in the Hoyas de Dona, or donut holes, in the Gulf of Mexico. Sounds like my health insurance. The cost of my medicine is being paid for by the insurance company, and then there's a thing called the donut hole that I go into that I have to pay full price for everything, and then shortly thereafter I come out because I go into what is called catastrophic level, and then they pay for it again. Well, when I first got into it, it was like a bagel. You know, there's almost no hole in a bagel. So you go into it, and then you come right out of it. Then it became like a donut. And it became more like a very thin donut where the hole got bigger. And now I think what I'm actually in is an onion ring hole where there's a little bit of payment for it, then I gotta pay for a lot of it, and then there's a little bit of payment at the end. Anyway, however, there are those who claim that its appearance on the maps is due to a cartographic error that was replicated in all old maps. Now see, here's the problem of, of when you use scribes to replicate books, texts, speeches. If there's an error in one, they don't question, they just put the error in. So if you got a big honking island out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, and it's not really supposed to be there, they're not going to ask questions, they're not going to rock the boat, pardon the pun, they're just going to put that big honking island out there whether it belongs there or not. The mystery of the island's existence and its appearance on Google Maps has caused some jokes on the platform. Users, and these are people after my own heart, users have left comments assuring that they know the place very well. The island was first mentioned by Alonso de Santa Cruz in El Yucatan e Islas Adyacentes, a list of islands of the region published in Madrid in 1539. Its precise location is given in Espejo de Navegantes from Seville circa, 19, uh, circa 1540 by Alonso de Chavez who wrote that, from a distance, the small island looks blondish or reddish, or in Spanish that would be Bermeja. According to Michel Colpa, a French-Mexican cartographer, since 1844, British maps have reported the sinking of the island some 60 fathoms below. Well, you know, I guess in, in almost 200 years, the seafloor with the hurricanes going through the Gulf and the currents and whatever else, could have eroded an island into just silt, but I don't know. Explanations for its apparent disappearance include an erroneous observation by the early cartographers. We've said that. Shifts in the geography of the ocean floor. I just said that. Rising sea levels, eh, not that much and conspiracy theories claiming that, as mentioned earlier, the Central Intelligence Agency, boy is that a misnomer, destroyed the island to expand the economic zone allotted to the United States. 
There are evidences of other islands having been placed and identified on old and ancient maps which were a misidentifications or b outright sales pitches made by adventurers for their patrons in order to keep the support coming in for ever more widening exploration. To be honest, islands come and go all the time. Some are volcanic and that would explain why they show up and disappear. Some are simply sedimentary products. And I guess the currents take care of that. It happens. Some time ago an earth scanning satellite saw a strange sight in the Midwest countryside of England. A huge, and I mean mega huge, crater visible from space. That is, if you're taking extremely close photographs of the Earth's surface from space. Information reveals, in the long run, that this is a place called RAF Fauld, F-A-U-L-D. Now, in the Second World War, RAF Fauld was used as a munitions dump due to miles of underground tunnels under it. Lots of munitions. Lots of munitions. Bullets, explosives, and bombs. Oh my! On November 27, 1944, somebody in the tunnels apparently did an oopsie. Reportedly, a worker was seen trying to remove a bomb's detonator. Something you don't really want to do unless you know what you're doing. With a brass tool. Now, supposedly brass tools don't spark and thus they're safe to use around explosives. Yeah, right. And the oopsie happened. Not making light of the situation, but I have to wonder if there was time for an oh snap moment or if it was simply an error boom situation. Between 3,900 now listen to this, between 3,900 and 4,400 tons of mostly high explosives went off all at one time, creating a crater of 100 feet in depth and 250 yards across. A nearby reservoir with 16 million cubic feet of water was destroyed and the resultant flood devastated the area. The death toll is uncertain, but around 70 people died in the blast and the accompanying flood. 200 cattle also died because a local farm was obliterated by the blast. Now that's a moving account, isn't it? Well, time for a little bit of personal stories here. From, from, from me. I have shadow people in my home. And not just shadow people, but shadow creatures and phantasms. Not flesh and blood people, but images of people. There one moment and gone the next. I've just witnessed a black figure outside my bedroom door. It was just a fleeting glance as though it was turning from the opening and going back into the kitchen. I've had shadows moving around in my bathroom for years. My bathroom door has swung open and swung shut on its own. 
Voices, both male and female, have been heard carrying on in the den, which is where I'm at to record this story. Always just out of tune and non-understandable. Rather, as I usually say, like a radio that's not quite tuned in. My wife has heard her name being called, as have I. And she's heard the front door open and close, especially when I'm not home. Because way back then, I used to work security at a bank at night. I've had audible encounters in various places. I've had people say I should move or have someone come out to cleanse my home. But you know, I'm not threatened by the activities. So neither of these are options. In fact, as I would, this story was written actually Thursday, and that's when I saw the figure outside my door. But as I was coming from the bedroom into the kitchen, all the lights in here were off, except for light streaming in from the next door neighbor's porch light. And I could see a human figure standing at the far end of the den from where I was coming from. Now, as I moved closer, I realized it was simply something that was stacked on top of something else, and in the process, it looked like a human being. Or at least that's the expl explanation I'm going with. Because I have to go back to bed. Anyway, strange things happen on the earth. They happen in the earth. And they even happen above the earth. I simply report them. Have a great week, everyone. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.